My next guest is a local Seattle battle rapper and artist. She recently dropped a mixtape called The Lost Tapes. It's my pleasure to introduce I Am Shamel. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today I'm with a very special guest, the one and only Shamel Simmons. Thanks, bro. I got it right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. You did. Great. <laughs> so the first thing I noticed when I started doing research on you is that you're basically associated with like martial law, which is awesome. I um I was supposed to go to that the Emerald City Gala and last second out of the kindness of my heart I gave my ticket to a friend instead. What? And I I'm not saying I regret it, <laughs> but after I've been actually noticing that lineup, there were some crazy acts there. Listen, it was an experience for the books, bro. Like you missed out. Like that was when you should have been like, dang. You didn't you call me to tell me come up here or something like it was dope. Marshall's that guy. <laughs> so let's just start right there. I've noticed that you've done a lot of shows. So how did you get involved with that show? Like that seemed like something that was very impactful for the music scene. Um, absolutely. Um I've been doing freestyle battle raps and stuff. Um pretty much since the seventh grade, but I really wanted to tap into the Seattle scene because I went to school out in Federal Way. Um, and I really didn't mm -hmm. know a lot of things in Seattle besides like battles, but I really wanted to get out and, you know, let people know, hey, I'm out here too, you know. <laughs> I want y'all to get a, a taste of the females that's out here representing and doing their thing. So um, I did a competition um, called Discovered um at first it was at um the taste of caribbean in um seattle mm. um and then uh i got introduced to one of the judges um by the name of georgio brown and the cool out network and then um he was just like you're dope uh <laughs> where have you been all my life let's go paint the town and so we literally just was like we're gonna attack every area of Seattle, every venue that we can just get our name out there. So that's what we did. Damn. So is battle rap still pretty relevant in Seattle? I didn't even know there was like a scene for that out here. Um, there is always a scene for a battle rap because you always have someone um, who knows like the traditions and the roots of hip hop that want to battle and do so. You have a lot of different leagues that are out here that are, are that are doing battles. It's definitely relevant in Seattle. Yeah, wow, absolutely. Holy shit. See, I just <laughs> learned about a new market I have to tap into. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You got a lot That's of you got nice. a lot of hitters out here. And you gotta think like I feel like I feel like with Seattle and the hip hop scene is, is different, especially with the uh millennials and the hipsters and the, you just got a different style of hip-hop but um and, and what is introduced within the seattle flavor because you know you got you got some of the hip-hop here is like a starbucks coffee you got your caramel frappuccinos your <laughs> you know what i mean your vanilla beans that's me you got you got a mix of like nirvana and goody mob type hip-hop like you just got so many different flavors 
of the art, which is part of the art. You feel me? It wasn't traditional. It wasn't, it wasn't music brought like we were used to or the people were used to at the time. So you definitely got a lot of different scenes that you, a lot of people don't know about because one particular thing in Seattle to stand out more since. Mm. Damn. So, like, when it comes to battle rap, do you think, like, the everyday Joe knows about it? Because what I, what I noticed when I um started this podcast mm-hmm. was the lack of attention, in a way, from the local, just everyday person understanding the music scene. So I thought, like, a podcast would be the perfect way for whoever to understand more about these artists. Absolutely. So... The, C- the Seattle music scene, not saying it's in a hole by any means, but it's kind of, if you're not part of the music scene, it's kind of hard for you to understand it. So when it comes to battle rap, that's even further down in the mm-hmm. music scene in a sense. Like, you have to really have a love for it. So do you feel like it gets the attention it deserves? And if no, not, I've what are some steps that. that people can get towards getting it? Um, Showing up. You know, like, showing up to people that they know who do the art shows and events um because a lot of times you you feel like oh I know I have a friend that that does music like what does that mean oh they well I don't know they they make beats or I think they I think they they don't they're not really vested you know what I mean because unfortunately artists are a dime a dozen nowadays you know especially with social media and technology and everybody feeling like they can do what we do you know everybody can't do what we do and how we do it so if people really took the time to um support the people that they know who really who really have done this like I bump into people from school all the time and they're like oh you still doing your yeah like (laughs) that's never going to change. Like that's never going to stop. Like it's in me. It's on me. Like that's what it is. Um, you meet people like, Oh yeah, I don't, Oh no, I don't do that no more. I, you know, I love music, but you feel me when you, when you're passionate about something and you really truly feel like it's your purpose, how you, um, move with it and continue to evolve with it will never change. And you, you're going to figure out how, that is going to be what carries you for the rest of your life because nothing else is going to fulfill you more than that. You feel me? You're always miserable doing other things because it's not what you're supposed to be doing. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I feel like when, when we know people who are passionate about the things that they're doing in music, for instance, if, if you know somebody that is a, a, a rapper or a battle rapper, a musician, an artist, and you know they're actively out here doing shows, releasing projects, um, dropping songs, or putting something. Actually, take the time and support. It takes you a couple minutes to go watch a video or promotion something that they're they're putting out. It takes you a, a couple minutes to play a song or something that came across your Instagram or however they they uh, market it. Like we just like and move on, and we're doing this all day. You know what I mean? There's no real. No real interaction. And then prior to um, the pandemic and doing stuff, everybody's so busy, they pick and choose what they wanted to do. 
You know what I mean? It, we, they took for granted having the opportunity to go to a live show. Um, it was taken for granted um, having artists or creatives coming together and putting on a show. You feel me? Like venues and stuff are hurting right now. And the same people that they turned their backs on and made us go through hoops and bounds and all this crazy stuff to even, mm. to even entertain people. Now you want us to come save you. You want us to speak up on your behalf. And we were the ones that you were like, you know, oh, you're just a local artist. You're just, you know, how, what's your fault? Like, come on. Like, no, now, now people are starting to appreciate and miss that element and that aspect of life because you've had to do this <laughs> for the last six months. You know what I mean? So, mm just you got it you got to support and that goes for anything that anybody does that you know um you have to support them you feel me whether it's spending your money whether it's giving your time whether it's giving your energy whether it's giving an encouraging word whether it's checking in or showing some kind of interest you we have to support you feel me we have to support for sure i know that was kind of a long that's crazy that you're talking about that (laughs) No, that's. I think it's important. That's the whole thing with this platform. I want to give people to rant if they like, do whatever they'd like to talk about, you know? But that was a good, those are amazing points, especially the, I like that studio, that part about the, I mean, the venues. I've been seeing that. Like, that's like a, always been a huge thing in Seattle, but like how studios, venues don't give people enough attention. And then like, I see like, I see venues like Dozer's Warehouse. Facts. Major facts. And it was so crazy is even prior to me doing the competition in Seattle to start getting and doing on, on venues, I reached out to every single venue in Seattle to, to do a launch party for my No Gimmicks Volume 1 album um, and to start booking the show to do a, a, my own separate tour. Three-fourths of them wouldn't even respond to me <laughs> on the emails. Wouldn't even call me back. You feel me? Like, wouldn't even didn't even take the chance to bother to even probably open it. You feel me? And now they want us all mm. to come together and be like, oh, we're in need. We was in need too. You know, like you had the platforms and, and the stages and the venues for us to get our voice out, to be seen, to be heard. And you, we wasn't good enough then, but now you want us to come and now you want, you think we're good enough and we, we are, we have the impact to come save you because you can't make your money off of our liquor sales that we couldn't get a piece of. And mm. you wanted a piece of action from our door sales. And you wanted us to pay for everything. And then now the shoe's on the other foot and you want me to come save you. Huh? Mm. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. How do you how do you feel out about artists trying to do these virtual shows? Do you think those are working out well or do you think... They still need some time to evolve. I feel like if you have a following um, and you have a, uh, you have people that are engaged enough to do it, absolutely do it. You know what I mean? You have the following, but for people who are trying to, who are building that and trying to get there, like, I feel like this is a time where you should be practicing and perfecting your craft and building up your catalog and your content to then come hit them in a different way. You feel me? Because everybody's doing that. So what is going to make me tune mm-hmm. into you? 
over this uh, Meg Thee Stallion that's about to drop. Over this, what, 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 what's going to make me want to come? Who, who's this martial law band group over, oh, uh, Pearl Jam is about to do a, a versus with Limp Biscuit. Who are they going to watch? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know I mean, yes, yeah, there for the archives mm. and, the, and it's, it's there for them. But who? Instagram. That's not in your archives. That's not something that, that you got on your website that you're flowing, that you're streaming because everybody's on Instagram watching them. So now you got to go to their platform mm. to help them become bigger, to help them make more money during the pandemic. And you're still doing free shows. We just went yeah. from a venue, an actual brick and mortar to online. Yeah, these streaming services are making a fuck ton of money. Uh, I can tell well, you that much. <laughs> like, it's crazy. <laughs> if somebody told you in December to invest in Zoom, you would have been like, nah, I don't know. But, although, I'm not sure. <sighs> somebody would have told you to go invest in Johnson & Johnson, you would have been like, you're crazy. Somebody would have told you to go invest in toilet tissue and paper towel, you'd be like, you're smoked, bro. I'm never taking financial advice from you. Huh? <laughs> you know what? You watch? <laughs> what? <laughs> the money you got right now? Like, what? Who? You'd be like, new phone, who this? <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Crazy. So, what have you been doing to evolve during these times? Like, I know, like I said, I've seen some local artists doing shows. I saw that you recently put out a mixtape. Mm-hmm. Is that what you've been working on during this whole pandemic, or um, no? I put that together. Us. What you've been doing? <laughs> I put that together in a couple of days. I've been actually learning audio engineering um, and pr- the production mm-hmm. aspect of the music. Um, I've always just been focused on my creative and writing and um, like visual presentations and scripts and things like that. That I never took the time to learn production. And the engineering and it's like that's the key component to all of those things you know if you know sound and you know how to make all that flow together then you're really a one-man band you're unstoppable so i've been learning that um i've been recently i've been also uh super on the give back tip with uh emergency feeding program in renton um, I've been doing that mm. since really the pandemic hit. So that's just been my focus is just honing in on my catalog, learning audio engineering, prepping for tour, um, and really putting the plan together. So, you know, I can make my next move as an artist to that next level. So your next move is your best move. Always. <laughs> if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. Yes. <laughs> So tell me more about this um, thing in renting, the emergency food thing? Uh, emergency feeding program. Yeah, okay. So we specialize in just getting um, quality food to inse- people with food insecurities, especially the uh, um, communities of color, you know, our black and brown people. So um, we've been really just working hard to make sure that people are fed, especially in the pandemic because you'd be surprised like how many people are were just devastatedly hit families that can't I can't provide for my family let alone feed them and prior to the 
pandemic, I was barely providing, you feel me? And now this. So um, it's black owned and operated. Um, if I'm not mistaken, the only one in Washington. Um, I, don't quote me wow. on it, but I believe so. Um, and really just taking the mission and, and spreading it across to, to get our communities nice, healthy, good quality food and not have to worry about it. They don't pay us a dime. We, mm. we had a drive through line set up for a while. Um, we distribute to um, a lot of these uh, schools and uh, social workers, um, organizations and agencies that are giving out food and stuff. That's all coming from us. So we, it's just been a blessing to be able to give in a time of need when people are, you know, going crazy and trying to figure out yeah, that's actually, what is life. That's very inspired, inspirational. That's, that's dope. I don't know how many artists can be like saying they're doing that type of stuff. You'd be surprised, yeah. man. A lot of, a lot of people just move in silence. You know what I mean? And you, you'd be surprised. A lot of people mm. are out giving and doing and have, and people have no idea who it is that are doing it. You you be surprised. <laughs> you be surprised. Yeah. Damn. Well, that's great news then. <laughs> Thanks. So you said you're preparing for tour. Do you have a in your own mind? Do you kind of have an estimate of when you feel like this whole pandemic will clear up, or what are your I'm opinions on all that? Waiting for the pandemic to clear up. You feel me? At this point, mm. what I've seen, what I've shown, and what I believe. Um, it is a distraction, you know, for for so many reasons and so many things. I feel like um, come beginning of the year, I'm going to be ready to hit the road and just execute the plan that I was going to execute this year. This year is going to be the tour year nationally and internationally. Um, but I just got more time to um, navigate and really map out in details how I want to move and what I want to do going forward. Sure. So with a tour, does that mean you're going to be dropping like a full length project with it or? Yeah, I've got a couple projects that's going to be dropping. The Lost Tapes is more mixtape style of different um, beats that I've always just loved and wanted to hop on and do something to. So with me teaching myself audio engineering, I'm using that as my test dummies to do that with because when I create a project like I'm a perfectionist and <laughs> it will never get out if I don't learn how to do and get it to sound the way it needed to so I'm using these as uh, those stepping stones to release the project so then when I get in and I'm in the studio I have the flow I have the rhythm on the engineering aspect and it'll just be as easy as it is stepping up to a mic. Mm, for sure. That, yeah. It's crazy that you actually took, I think that's really important that you took time out of this whole pandemic to look on the bright side and be able to learn audio engineering. Like, damn. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and believe me, I've been running like, that is, I'm a firm believer in everybody standing in their lane. <laughs> I'm an artist, I write. I create, I never wanted to learn it or dive into it, but I'm like all the money I'm shelling out in studio, um, having the access. Um, I appreciated it in the beginning because it taught me 
how to prepare and be ready for those situations. Like going in the studio, I'm not going in the studio to write. I'm not going in the studio to make a beat. Like when I go in the studio, I'm recording five to six songs. They're gonna be finished, ready to move on to be mixed and mastered when we're done. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, it, it taught me how to be disciplined in the workflow. But um, yeah, like I, I don't want to have to depend on other people to move forward and what I want to do. You feel me? Especially like in this situation, everything was shut down. Nobody was trying to do nothing. You know, they're afraid to get sick or to spread it or whatever. So that could have been six nine months that i'm just stale you know stale Mm. no (laughs) Uh uh-uh damn so yeah you recorded that you recorded that mixtape so have you been able to go to studios now or do you have an in-house studio or where do you go to record yeah no um i've uh created a little studio in my little um spot yeah i converted a closet to the booth and i've got my little dope lighting in there uh set up my um computer and my interface and speakers and stuff on the outside in my living room so my living room is literally half a living room all studio (laughs) so yeah it's pretty dope that's the artist life right there (laughs) come on man it's you can't get no better like I can do whatever I want whenever I want how I want to do it Mm. you know and nothing is nothing can stop me I can literally go from if I, you say, okay, I say I get off this and when I'm done with you, I, like I have four songs that I have to go finish for a competition on Sunday. Mm. So I get to get off here with you, go back home, work on that, like go to sleep, wake up. I get to come back in there. Like I don't watch TV. Like <laughs> I don't watch Netflix. I'm not on Hulu. I don't, I can't tell you what's going on on the tiny couch sessions and everything else. I can't tell you none of that because I want, this is what I'm doing. Mm. I'm here. Can't tell you what movies drop in or what's, I can't tell you anything, but what's about to come. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but with that though, doesn't that mean you can't do like pop culture references or? What do you mean? I feel like, like, especially with this COVID thing, what I've noticed, not every album, but a lot of albums maybe focus on the quarantine. Maybe they're talking about pop culture, what's happening or like relating to COVID or like, like I just went to a studio session with this artist named Bryce Bowden and like in one of his songs, he's going to be hopefully dropping in the next few months. He was like, like in one of the lyrics, he's like, I, I dropped this project during COVID or something simple like that. Like they're referencing to COVID. So with your music, if you're not like watching TV or anything like that, do you still make sure you're connected with like what's happening in, in the music scene and everything? Or how do you, um, I, because I'm a part of this scene, I'm always going to know what's going on in the scene. I'm talking like, I'm not sitting up here, like watching cartoons. Um, yeah. Checking out the, all what's trending on Netflix or who's in, I'm not paying attention to other people's business. Mm-hmm. You feel me? I'm not, I'm not watching everybody else's fantasies and, uh, success stories. I'm over here creating my own. I'm over here. You know, of course, I'm tapped into the scene and and um, I know what's going on, especially in um, politics and news and and stuff like that. Like, I'm very aware and involved in that stuff because it affects you and it affects us as a whole. So and and um, 
And if we're not connected and know what's going on in those aspects, then we can't connect and use our platforms for the people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I'm not sitting up here like, oh yeah, everybody's on, I don't know, what are they on? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not. Like you cherish like, you know, I, you cherish like the actual like origin of rap and like what it's supposed to be about, not all these like pop culture references that are like here today, gone tomorrow type shit. No, I mean, it's all, it's all, it's all trends and um, like growing up and and what I was taught, like it was never cool to like bite and be somebody else or part of something because the majority was doing it. Like, you know what I mean? You you were always supposed to be yourself and um, stand up for what's right and use your voice, like to be a follower, you know, like the cool kids, like it was, that was corny to me. You feel me? Like, and and I never got down with that. And the people that made other people feel bad or picked on, like I always was the one bullying the bully because you only picking on them because they ain't going to say nothing to you. But that ain't, you know, don't do that. Like, don't move like that. So, you know, even fashion trends and stuff like that. Like I've never been, oh, everybody's on those. I want to rock those now. So you're going to see me with shoes that look like orthopedic no like <laughs> those are ugly to me oh, yeah. i don't care how much they cost mm. like ugh. <laughs> you know what i mean like i just i don't know i've just always been different mm. so do you just have an old soul or are you an older artist i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> I Ah, I probably just got an old song, you know? Black don't crack, baby. Don't get into it. I feel that. Black don't crack. <laughs> yeah, we were 19 our whole life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially when you full-blooded with the juice. So let's get back let's get back to your origins actually. Like I've listened to a few of your interviews, but I feel like no one's really tapped in with your origins, and I feel like that's really important for up-and-coming artists, for, you know, the fans and other up-and-coming artists to really understand where someone got their background. So how did you get involved with this battle rapping? And is this still something that's relevant in your career or are you leaning more towards just being like a recording artist now? Um, well, I started seventh grade, Sacagawea Junior High, Federal Way, Miss mm-hmm. um, Steiner's math class. Mm-hmm. This was back when uh, that, uh, the big timers, um, the the... Uh, you know, they used to play the, uh, what was it? The cash money beat all the time on the desk. And when um, Maria, Maria came on and they used to play that beat on the desk and then they'd be in the back and I'd be like, what are y'all doing? Like it's middle of a class teaching a lesson. They're back here doing something. I don't know what they were doing. Mm. So I go to them, I'm like, what is y'all doing? Like, he's like, oh, we're rapping. I'm like, huh? He's like, we're freestyling. Uh, Don't look Capelli, shout out Devon. Um, he was like, yeah, you just say what whatever comes up on your mind to the beat, and that's what it is. He was like, you should try it. I was like, all right. He said, we'll do it at break. I was like, cool, okay. I'm, you just, it's like talking. You just say what comes up. He roasted me so cold. Oh. I was like, oh, this is what you do. Oh, this won't happen again. Next day. So literally, I I walked to and from school because uh, we lived right around the corner from SAC. And so I was just 
rapping about the rocks, rapping about the, just coming up, whatever came to mind, just to practice, to get ready. Came back the next day and I was like, yeah, let's get it and pray. Literally, we was battling back and forth. It became like this girl versus boy thing. Like the hallways would be, jam- you know how the hallways used to be jammed when you have like fights and stuff? Like that's how it would be oh, for them to come watch us battle each other. And it's just music. The administrators would be like, what's going on out here? What, what y'all doing? And it was like rapping. And we battling and it just, I fell in love ever since. Damn. Ever since. Yeah, but before, prior to that, like I was, I always wrote poetry um, and poems and stuff. Like uh, people from my mom's job used to pay me to like write their anniversary cards or something to their spouses or their kids or their, because I just, I've always just known what to say with words. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like one of those, know. like, those uplifting coming of age, like, black movies. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> it's real life. It's, it's real life. So when it comes to making all these connections, is it through venues or do you just go up and like message these people or how do you become so connected in the scene? getting out in the scene going to support people or um showing up at different open mics or showing up at different things and just um you meet one person it it never fails you meet you meet one person every place new that then connects you to the next person and to the next person and then people are coming they hear about you oh i heard about you i've seen you here and i've seen you there oh you were that and that's just how it came like came about. Mm. Like with me and like with me and Marshall, we met Mar- I met Marshall at Mojams. Um, because they used to have Mojam Mondays. Mondays yeah. yeah, at Nectar. And um, you know, since it's a, 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 a open forum, just getting on the mic and stuff. I got up, Marshall's like, Man, you're dope. I was like, Thanks, bro. Like I hadn't heard him or knew who he was yet. And then he got up, I was like, No you're fucking dope (laughs) and then it's just been love ever since and then I got to meet the guys from the martial law band you know and it's just been a a family and a connection that's forever those are my bros such good people they already know yeah man they just shoot the text give me the call they ain't even gotta ask I'm there just send me the digits I'm there Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's nothing those are my guys Dude, for sure. Your new project that's about to come out. Holy shit. Yeah. He did yeah, I know. Did you uh you got to see the the, the snippets of um Louder? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on we did uh Atlas together. Oh shit. Yeah, check that one out. For sure. We're definitely we're yeah, gonna do a, um I interviewed him like the day the chop barriers came down so like right after like the day everything happened so we had a lot to talk about then and um he's about to drop that project so we're definitely going to do an album Probably. release interview so that's exciting as fuck yeah they're filthy hella good yeah people. All, all day man such like genuine you know like and that's what a lot of people are missing and don't have have you know you pick up on energy you pick up on vibes like and they're just beautiful i love mm-hmm. them they, they found some way to connect with like both scenes like because they're like rock but they're also like rap so that's like two fucking audiences at once that they've got yeah, yeah. 
Mm. When you're a fan of the art, you're a fan. It's not a genre that's gonna gonna um, supposedly bring you. Have some people that literally, oh, I only do real underground hip hop. Okay, do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's where you, we know where to find you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But people who really appreciate music message, you're you're eclectic with your sound. You're eclectic with your taste. You're eclectic with what you go and connect with. Mm-hmm. It's just it's crazy that like. No one's going to be able to do what you or Marshall or anyone that you guys are associated with. Their come up is not going to be the same as yours. Like that, that whole way of going through venues and everything that might just maybe it won't disappear forever, but like how people's come ups are going to be now, it's just going to be so much different. And like, that's the beautiful part. Yeah. Because now, now we as up and coming artists or, um, the 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 new cats we're gonna we're gonna pave the way in history a different way right um we get to say um ha ha to the venues and the people that didn't care about us you feel me and then we get to say we told you so not only to them but to ourselves you feel me and if we if we really bet on ourselves and we really follow through with how we want to move and what we're going to do, we're going to create that narrative. We're going to, we're going to be the ones we're like, dang, um, Marshall and, and, and I am Shamel, they did this. And this is how, this is how they got to where they are now on their journey. And did we thought we had to just sit up here and do TikToks all day. And we were going to, become something or we 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 tried we had all these shows booked at these certain venues and had to pay all this money and do this and now I can control my narrative I can dictate when I'm gonna make money how I'm gonna make money where I'm gonna do a show how many people I want at my show like if it's a private event it's a private event mm-hmm. you feel me like if I if it's a spur of the moment underground sh- sh- you gotta have the password to come in I can do that. Yeah. But I feel like there's always, there's also like the worry or like, there's always going to be a thing between like organic, or like organicness fighting against, you know, the technology type deal or like mm-hmm. non-organic, if you just want to put it that simple, <laughs> you know, but like, mm-hmm. like you were saying, like going to those shows versus trying to blow up on TikTok. Like mm-hmm. what if we lead, lead into this like dystopian future where all that matters is that like a record label is just a thing that like they like how someone looks and they're just going to go with that person and then they're going to make the music but you rather you don't even know if that artist is actually making the music or it's the record label you know like we already kind of see that like I just got off like right before you I had an interview with this guy who was signed to Interscope and he started to realize that even though he was signed to like one of his dream labels they kind of had him in the their palm. They were saying, you know what? We want to actually sound like this. And now he broke free of it. Now he's an independent artist. He can do what he wants. But like, mm-hmm. there's just, there's something about organicness. And it's always like, it's always there just knocking at the door saying, hey, I'm still here. You being organic is going to bring that technology aspect into it because the people, you got to think about it. 
when people are coming to see you or perform, they're the ones filming you and showing you and going to share you and somebody else is going to see you and pass you on and do what you do. You being you doing you being your authentic self um, and um, performing or uh, out somewhere and talking to somebody. They're going to they're going to spread your message and pass you along through those platforms and those avenues that they're on. And that's how that's going to run up organically, mm. but using technology and doing what the new way in, in incorporating um, the newness of uh, the social media aspects and things like that. Um, so I don't feel like it has to be a fight. I feel like the fight comes when social media makes you think you have to invest and be so heavily into it to be successful. Yeah. Cause I'm, you can't catch me <laughs> on social media. If you would have tried to book this through Instagram, I maybe, maybe not would have seen it like that. Cause I don't, I'm not on there like that. I'm actually out here being active and doing things. You know, I'm not sitting at home doing nothing to be up on my phone all day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When I get on my phone, I'm checking emails. I'm researching something. I'm, you know, working. <laughs> if I'm at home, I have my phone where I'm watching videos on how to do stuff and study and look up terminologies and different things like that. I'm not just sitting at the computer. Um, let me see what Marsh wore today. Oh, where did they go eat at? Oh my God, look at that puppy suit. Like, uh-uh. <laughs> no. And then if I'm working, I'm trying to make sure we get fed. Like, I don't, you know, mm-hmm. 100%. where people have the time to do all this, I just, I don't know. <laughs> they don't, don't know. have the time. And what they do is they're, they're dedicating their time to the wrong things. Yeah. And, and the thing that we asked for most, which was time, a lot of people got. And you're going to see come next year. And even later on in this year, what people chose to do with it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Because <laughs> I, 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 I didn't get time off, you feel me, since the pandemic hit. We really picked up hmm. over here at the emergency, emergency feeding program. Like, we were more busier than we had been ever during the pandemic. You feel me? We, didn't, we had time off to clean our building and do all the things that we needed to do for the PPE. But other than that... We've been all day, hmm. you know, getting food here, getting food there, taking people like we I haven't had the luxury of sitting home for months and, you know, drawing more money from unemployment than I do work, you know, and trying to figure out what I want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had to learn and do everything that I'm doing on top of still being in the in the midst of the madness. For sure. So they have no excuses. <laughs> How would you describe the Seattle music scene to someone who wants to learn more about the Seattle music scene and maybe is starting from scratch and has no idea whether they want to be a fan of the Seattle music scene or they're an artist that wants to enter the Seattle music scene? Um, what I would say is if you are interested in learning about the Seattle music scene, you have to start from the beginning and see the evolution. And the only person that I know from the beginning of the Seattle music scene and has it documented is Giorgio Brown and the Cool Out Network. So if you want to learn about it, you have to start there from the beginning 
and seeing how Seattle has had a music scene before Seattle realized that they had a music scene. You feel me? And he was the one capturing it. You feel me? I've been seeing tapes and videos from the beginning of Mary J. Blige's career coming out here to perform when nobody even knew who she was. And she was just pushing You Remind Me as a single. Mm. They don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't know that that happened in Seattle. You know what I mean? That they were freestyling in the park of apartments and written kids and their crews doing all that. Like the Seattle music scene has been here. You feel me? But Seattle has uh, picked and choose what they wanted to showcase and how they wanted to showcase of Se- in Seattle. And I feel like that's part of the problem and the things that are going on in the world is we're picking and choosing how we want to be, um, who we want to represent what. And it's based on how you look as and, and your representation of a culture. Mm. You feel me? Uh. Why when we get represented like when hip hop gets represented in, in, in a fashion in a place like Seattle, it's always, it has to have a, 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 a reference to grunge or live music or uh, some type of band or mixed kid or soft kind of, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's be real. You know what I mean? You, 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 in Seattle, they do, it, it's a, uh, Giorgio gives the example all the time of coffee. Some people like black coffee, (laughs) you know what I mean? But some people like cream in their coffee because it's still the same coffee, but the taste isn't as bold. It isn't as, it's easier to go down and more flavorful because I have, oh, caramel macchiato, I have Irish cream, I have hazelnut, but it's the same coffee. It's just how it's presented to you in your taste buds. And it just seems out here on the music scene, they want to be safe. Mm. You know what I mean? And hip hop has this negative condensation with, you know, um, black people. And it's it's going to be a dangerous event or there's going to be some kind of nonsense of this and nonsense of that. So if we if it's more. Uh, what do they call it? I, I forget the term that they call the hip-hop here but yeah whitewashed <laughs> you said what whitewashed macklemore well even if you think right. about like when people think of like the origin they think of maybe like a sir mix a lot and he took like the commercial route you know like we don't have like a hardcore Unless you like really understand the music scene, and then you can be like, "Oh, here's one, here's two, here's three. but you don't have anyone that is like the face of Seattle out like people look at like look into Seattle from and like, "Oh yeah, that guy's hard as fuck." I mean, but even in that sense, you gotta think he had to go underground and and make up some noise sure. on the lower circuit he 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 came to the masses on the commercial scale, you feel me, but he was already a town legend on mm. town shit. You feel me? Town shit. Prior to that. You, you, you know what I mean? Uh, so it's like people always get mad at an artist when they decide to, what they would say, go commercial or uh, crossover 
in their art. Um, and I, to me, you, you did your groundwork and you uh, laid your foundation and you proven yourself prior to the, prior to the mainstream. Mm -hmm. The mainstream is the um, fruits to some of those labors um, and some, in some aspect of a reward, because now you get to go use your talent in a different aspect on a larger scale. Um, your compensation scale is a little bit different. Um, but I don't necessarily look at it as a bad thing because now this thing that you're trying to figure out and learn, now you get to have a firsthand one-on-one in internship or relationship to really learn and to really learn and know that other side and aspect of it to where now you can like, okay, what's wrong with the two, three year labor deal? Mm -hmm. What can you learn in those two, three years from the industry, from the way it runs? So then when this is up, now you have the option to go do what you do in a, ma in, in a major independent way, or you've proven your worth and your success on a major level to where now look, you're a cash cow for us. Let's why why in this great partnership and what we're doing now now it's really on your terms. But do you because you can go, go do ahead. you think artists, not even Sir Mixlaw, just any artist that makes it out of Seattle, do you think they bring it back to Seattle though? Because what I've seen is that's not really the case. And that's where artists kind of feel like there's artists that feel like, no, they can do whatever they want. They made it on their own. And then there's other the other side who's like yeah, they made it on their own, but it's the Seattle music scene that got them to where they're at, and they should bring it back with all that advice back to Seattle. I always think we should pay it forward. Um, the tricky part about that is we can't dictate um, what we feel they should be doing. You feel me? Because we... We could be being selfish in the selfish mind. Well, you need to put me on. Well, what does that mean? You just want me to give you an opportunity because I made it. Like, who are you? What have you done around here to show me that you are worth my time and investment? You know how many people say they want to be rappers and then you're like, okay, spit something. Oh, I don't freestyle. Hmm? What do you mean you don't freestyle? How do you come up with ideas? Oh, well... NBA Youngboy came out with this song called Juice, so I'm going to make a song called Juice. Huh? What? Like, yeah, and, and it's like, it, it uh, cripples us and, uh, and puts us in a mentality that we're owed something. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And nobody owes you nothing. Like, Sir Mix a lot in his grind and his what he had to go through and sacrifice and do to get his level of success. He had to experience that. He had to endure that. Um, Macklemore, you know, like, I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't know these guys. Per, I, I bumped in the mix and talked to him on a couple occasions. We have a, a mutual friend. Um, Macklemore, I haven't met Macklemore, but from my understanding, he was responsible for the Travis... Thompson. Thompson guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and you can even look at that situation. Technically, he came back and he put on his people. Mm. I'm going to just pause right there. He came back and put on, you know, out of all the people in Seattle that's, you know, proven themselves or done something like a, a Travis Thompson, 
you know, over like a rash Simone, I will never understand that. You know what I mean? But you, hey, who am I to judge? Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know either one of them. I don't know, you know, I, I know Raz. I don't know Travis. I don't know Macklemore. You feel me? But who am I to say what you choose to do with your give back and how you should do that? I can't dictate that. All I know is I'm going to keep my head to the to the pavement and I'm going to keep doing my grind and doing my shine. So then when I'm on on your level on my way to surpass you, I can be like, this is what I'm doing. You feel me? Oh, yeah, you're more than welcome to join me. But this is what I have. Learned. This is what I want to do for the community. I can't you know, I can't expect somebody else to sacrifice and do something for me how I would do for others because everybody's different. And that's why I think having like media outlets is important because like with any music scene, the artist is kind of in a relationship with the music scene, whether they understand that or not. And with a relationship, you want to be honest with them, you know? Mm -hmm. And I don't feel like artists are given the opportunity to express maybe what their goals are when it comes to them blowing up or whatever. Maybe... That was never Macklemore's intention to shine some light back on Seattle. And if that's the case, then maybe if you had an interview then in Seattle. To be, then they need to, they should be honest about that when asked. Yeah. But we don't we don't we don't have that we didn't have that maybe they didn't have that outlet. Who knows? Yeah. But yeah. I just feel maybe there's needs to be more honest honesty, whether it's through an outlet or not. Right. People wanna you gotta think. People want to be politically correct and they don't want to offend people. They don't want to ruffle feathers. People care too much what other people think and what other people feel. And I don't mean that to say, like, you should just be an asshole or you should be a dick or you should be rude. But you should always be true in your authentic self. Like, people like Blake for who Blake is. Mm -hmm. You feel me? People like Shamel for who Shamel is, what Shamel brings. I can't be Blake. Blake can't be Shamel. You feel me? And me trying to please or, or do what Blake wants me to do for Blake's validation is only going to hurt me be, because what if what Blake wants is completely against everything in me and what I feel and what I want for myself? You feel me? We spend at least the first 18 years of our life trying to get the validation and approval from our parents, mm. from our people that we love. So we're already suppressing and, and and building up all these barriers within ourselves and with our own identities in our first 18 years of life that we don't even realize we're doing because all we care about is the approval and the validation of our authoritative figures. Damn. Is that a word? Yeah. I don't even know if that's a word, but that's you know a... what I mean. Our parental, our, our village. Yeah. You know what I mean? So then when we get out into the real world in society, then we, then the next people that we're trying to impress are, if you go to college, your college professors and your peers there. And then when you get employed, like you want the company to think that you're this person. So they tell you that this is the corporate person that you need to be or how you need to move and how you need to act. And this whole time you're not being true or your authentic self because you're trying to win the approval and validation of somebody else. Mm. As an artist, I get to say, Fuck your thoughts, bro. <laughs> I get to tell you exactly how I feel and what I think about X, Y, Z, my opinion. Like, and if you like it, you like it. If you don't, okay, you ain't gonna listen to me. 
You know, I don't care. And fortunately for me is I've always been like, had a voice. I've always gotten in trouble, even with my parents. Like, I don't want to do that. Like, <laughs> I'm not, no. Like, who are you talking to? Like, <laughs> you know, so it's, it's, um, it's so important. I feel like it's so, so, so important that we as people just, stop trying stop caring about how somebody else is going to take something like if I say something to you and you get offended and that wasn't my intention then I'm me personally I'm immediately gonna be like I'm Blake my bad bro like that's not how I meant it like what I was saying is this like I'm if you if it came across that way I I'm 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 big on that because I'm I'm, I'm really intentional and I really want you to um feel what it is that I need you to feel and I want it to be genuine and sincere so if I offend you and that wasn't my intention I'm about to apologize mm. but if I say something slick and it cut I'm gonna be like and <laughs> what's next <laughs> you know what I mean mm -hmm. so when we get to that point I feel like we'll be better off for sure well I really appreciate everything you've said and I I People, I don't think people realize, I think people do realize, but like with my podcast, what I've noticed with other interviewers, they kind of cut off their guests, you know, and I want my guests to say whatever the heck is on their mind, no matter how short or long it is, you know? Appreciate it, bro. Sure. I, I just, you know, I, I'm thankful that somebody even thought to mention me to you and that I even got the opportunity. I'm just still, I don't want to ask you who, I'm just going to be thankful for it, but I'm like, huh? But I'm just, whoever it was, thank you. I appreciate you. Wow. Like this is, to me, this is big. So I don't, for sure. I just appreciate it. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> so I ask all my guests, what's some advice that you have for up and coming artists, creators, influencers um my advice would be be you be true to you don't let anybody take your voice don't let anybody make you feel bad for for who you are um what you stand for what you believe in don't let anybody um shit on your dreams don't let anybody discourage you um, speak life into yourself, um, believe in yourself, invest in yourself mentally, physically, spiritually, um, love on yourself because it's so important that you know your worth and you understand your value and your purpose here on, on earth. Um, and even, even if you don't know your purpose and you're, you're wanting to figure it out, the fact that you even want to figure it out lets you know that you're on the right path, that, that your intentions are good. Um, just believe in yourself and know that it's possible. You're possible. And it can happen. Amen. <laughs> <can> happen. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> uh -uh. <laughs> for sure well this is the nas podcast with i am shimel there we go